from Byron, Mississippi. It's Lakeshore Church. And now we join Pastor Jay Frazier for today's message. I'm saying this so that no one will deceive you with arguments that sound reasonable. Sounds like today, doesn't it? For I may be absent in body, but I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see how well-ordered you are and the strength of your faith in Christ. So then, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, being rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught and overflowing with gratitude. Be careful that no one takes you captive, and, and this is the day that we're living in, folks, through philosophy and empty deceit based on human tradition based on the elements of the world rather than Christ. For the entire fullness of God's nature dwells bodily in Christ, and you have been filled by him who is the head over every ruler and authority. It is God with us as we sang today. Emmanuel, God is with us. But God also in the spirit world comes to live in us. He transforms us on the inside, but it's also God coming back for us as well. Isn't it a great day for the Lord to come back? The only reason I could think about it wouldn't be a great day is if you know somebody that doesn't know the Lord. Hmm. I'll show you a transformational picture that just happened just a few days ago. I was pulling up at the church, and I looked back toward the blue house, as we call it, and there were buzzards on the tomb. <laughs> True picture. I thought, man, that's it. So I whipped around, and I took some pictures a long ways off because I figured they'd fly off like they usually do, and I got right up close to them. I don't even think that's, I don't know if, I, I don't even think I zoomed in any with my phone camera. They were just sitting there, and the thought hit me. I thought, man, that's a great picture for, for Christmas. The enemy thought he'd won, folks, thought he had him dead and buried, put in the ground, won't have to worry about that Jesus stuff anymore, but he didn't even understand the next time you think the devil knows what he's doing, just remember he didn't even understand the whole picture then. Is that Jesus was right where God needed him to be. He paid sin's debt for us on the cross. And in the resurrection, that's where you and I receive the power to live forever because Jesus lives forever. Hmm? That's good stuff. I would amen it if I was you. Listen to me. Death and the enemy, everything changed. The tradition of death and burial changed forever in Jesus Christ. When somebody knows the Lord... We don't stand there like paupers. We don't stand there like some depressed individuals. Yes, it's a tough day because we're saying bye to our earthly, but I want to remind you they're better off today than they've ever been in Jesus. Why? Because the tradition of Christmas and the tradition of church and all the traditional things that we observe, those are good, but they pale in comparison to the transformational power of Jesus Christ in their life. Man, I said it better than I did at the first service. He's not here. He's risen. Listen, when I think about tradition, I want to share some things with you. When I think about tradition, how do we get here? Some, it's something that is affixed in our life. We're not just moved to observe something. It's who we are. It's in our DNA. We stick to it. There's certain ways. Somebody sits in the wrong chair at the Christmas get-together, they got to move because that's not the way we've ever done it before. <laughs> We're attached to it. It's, it's a part of who we are. It can be an observance. And I don't think there's anything wrong with Christmas traditions, okay? But the point is this. If I'm banking everything that I am on the tradition. Something's wrong. If I'm banking everything that I am that I came to church today, and that's going to wash with God one day, and that's all I got, then I don't have much. Because God's traditions lead us to transformation. All right? As long as it's there, we're okay. <laughs> have you ever asked the question, why are we doing this? Let me ask you a question. Why would you come to church today? The teenagers would say, because I had to. 
If I'm going to have a roof over my head and eat lunch today, I had to come to church. Why do we come as adults? There's many times I tell people, I said, one of my things that I have to check my attitude is because I get paid to do it. And if I don't show up enough Sundays, I won't have a job. But yet you got to go beyond that. And so was my attitude in the right place? Or am I just, am I just beating the bricks? Am I just going through the motion today? Am I just going through the tradition? Or is there a transformation that has gone on and is going on in my life? Listen, it is a fix. It's part of who we are. But remember this, transformation is about change. I love the verse. You see it often here and often from me. I, there's not a better one in the Word of God, but I want to show you tradition and transformation today. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. Now, you've got to go with me into a little biblical history here. What was Jesus dealing with, and then what was Paul dealing with here? Is that you had the Jew, you had God's chosen people. They were all about tradition, folks. Uh, you, you want some boring but necessary reading, go and look in Leviticus. They, they had traditions. And the next time you hear of a feast or the next time you hear of a, of a day of celebration that the Jews are observing and, and we pay homage to that as well, just know that all those feasts and all those things were traditions, things that were passed on. So they're worthy in their own right. But if all we're doing is tradition, we're in trouble. Somewhere the traditions got to lead to transformation. All right. Here Paul comes along and he sums it up with the church at Corinth. He said, therefore, if any man's in Christ, he's no longer traditional. Tradition's good but it leads to transformation. He's a new creature. He's a new creation. The old, and you know what I want to say with the old, don't you? The tradition is passed away. And behold, all things have been transformed. I've become this new thing. It, it, it's got to lead to transformation. And see, when someone starts substituting, that's where we get in trouble, truly. Secondly, when I think of tradition, tradition ends up affecting us. I don't know if you've ever had a little word study here, but you know, affecting with an A is the verb. And I used to get these so, uh, so confused. I'd write a letter before I had grammar hammers in the office, and I'd send out a letter. It was terrible. Let me tell you a good one. This just came to mind. One time I sent out a letter to the entire church family, and I said, I hope this letter finds you doing well. And finds was spelled F-I-N-E-S. See, if you didn't get that, you were just like me. I just want you to know that. It was supposed to have a D in there, not an E. I, I was basically charging them money for reading this letter. But anyway, but stuff like that. Well, effect and effect can have a, a lot of trouble. It can cause you a lot of trouble too when you're writing and thinking about things. But the effect something has on us, all right, is a noun, effect. Effect is the verb of it. It's affecting us. It's the way we do things. And I do believe this, that tradition should affect us. If we're doing the right thing, it should affect us. It should move us to transformation. Hmm. Listen, I don't know if you've heard much about this, but I want to take a, a few minutes, and I'm going to read, and I apologize in advance, but I want to connect the dots. Yeah, Christmas came about. There's a lot of controversy about this. There's a lot of liberals, when they want to take shots at Christianity, this is where they hang out. And I want to make an observation in a few minutes that a lot of the observances, a lot of the traditions that we have at Christmas, you know, were, they came along way before Christ. Some of them did. <laughs> Some, and then there's others that came along after Christ, but they were pagan. There was nothing Christian about them. And, and yet those have been adopted into the Christian way. And, and I want to fill the dots for you for a few minutes, all right? Listen to this. The middle of winter has long been a time of celebration around the world. Centuries before the arrival of Christ or Jesus, early Europeans celebrated light and birth. In the darkest days of winter, 
Many people rejoiced during the winter solstice and when the worst of the winter was behind them and they could look forward to longer days and extended hours of sunlight. In Scandinavia, they celebrated Yule from December 21st through January. In recognition of the return of the sun, S-U-N, fathers and sons would bring large logs which would, they would set on fire. The people would feast until the log burned out, which sometimes could take as long as 12 days. Does that sound familiar, some of the things people talk about? In Germany, people honored the pagan god Odin during the midwinter holiday. Germans were terrified of Odin as they believed he made nocturnal flights through the sky to observe his people and then decide who would prosper or perish. Because of his presence, many people chose to stay inside. Does that sound familiar? In Rome, where winters were not as harsh as those in the far north, uh, Saturnalia, a, a holiday in honor of Saturn, the god of agriculture, was celebrated. Beginning in the week leading up to the winter solstice and continuing in the full month, Saturnalia was, Saturnalia was a hedonistic time when food and drink were plentiful and the normal Roman order, social order was turned upside down. Also around this time of the winter, in winter, Romans observed Juvenalia a feast honoring the children of Rome. In addition, members of the upper classes often celebrated the birthday of Mithra, if I'm pronouncing that right, the god of uncon un unconquerable sun, S-U-N, on December the 25th. In the early years of Christianity, Easter was the main holiday. The birth of Jesus was not celebrated. In the fourth century, church officials decided to institute the birth of Jesus as a holiday. Unfortunately, the Bible does not mention the date of his birth, a fact that the Puritans later pointed out in order to deny the legitimacy of the celebration. Although some, although some evidence suggests that his birth may have occurred in the spring, why would shepherds be herding in the middle of winter? Pope Julius I chose December the 25th as observance of Christmas. It is commonly believed that, listen to this, it is commonly believed that the church chose this date in an effort to adopt and absorb the traditions of a pagan Saturnalia festival. First called the Feast of the Nativity, the custom spread to Egypt by 432 and to England by the end of the 6th century. Hmm. Let me give you one more thing. By holding, I love this, by holding Christmas at the, at the same time as traditional winter solstice festivals, church leaders increased the chances that Christmas would be properly embraced but gave up the ability to dictate how it was celebrated. By the Middle Ages, which is from the 5th century to the 15th century, Christians had, for the most part, replaced these pagan religions. And then from the 15th century on, you have times of flux with the Puritans. You also have times of flux with the pilgrims and all the kind of thing when it was and wasn't observed. It wasn't until 1870 in America that it was observed as a federal holiday, Christmas. So, so Brother Jay, that doesn't sound like we should observe Christmas at all. Well, the great news about Christmas to me is this. If we can do transformational stuff, in the middle of the traditional, I'm all for it. But you listen to me carefully. If all our Christmas has become is something that we do and it's tradition and we think somehow that washes with God, it doesn't. It's no, it's no different than if you come to church and observe the tradition of coming to church, but you are not transformed by Christ. That's no different than if you park your wheelbarrow in your garage and call it a car. We need to understand that God is, tradition's okay. God's word is full of a lot of tradition. But that, that tradition leads us to the transformational relationship with Jesus Christ. Hmm. Someone say, well, what about Christmas? <laughs> I love Christmas, a lot of it. I don't know if I like the part of uh, Black Friday. Uh, several years ago, it's 20 plus years, Suzanne talked me into going to Walmart on Black Friday. 
If you know me at all, I'm a morning person, folks. I'm doing good. But shortly here, about a few hours, I'm going to start winding down, okay? I don't mind you calling me at 5 o'clock in the morning. Please don't make it a habit, though, okay? Because there's other people that don't know that 5 o'clock comes once a day or twice a day. But here's what I want to tell you about that, is that understanding this thing, we go to this Black Friday event, and it's one of those times, it's like driving with a teenager. If you ever get in a car with a teenager and you have this prayer, God, if you'll get me out of this car, I promise you I won't ever get back in the car with them. I had that prayer, Lord, if you'll get me out of here, I promise you I'll never go back to another one of these as long as I live. But Suzanne talked me into it. And when the bell rang and they opened the doors of Walmart, I don't even know what to tell you it looked like. There were people running by each other, knocking them down. The aisle in Walmarts were about this wide, like our aisle here, and they had stuff just piled up like TVs and VCRs. Guys, VCRs was the thing before CDs. I was just letting you know that in DVDs. But anyway, they, they had all these things, and they were all on sale. And people were pushing people down and shoving people out of the way and cussing people, getting out of the way, because we're all celebrating Christmas. Am I the only one that sees a problem with this? Hmm. And see, what happens in the world that we live in, we think, oh, that's good, and God understands, and God blesses. Oh, no, no, no. The moment we begin to substitute traditions for transformation, we're in trouble. The moment that somebody begins to substitute, I did this and I did that as tradition, or I went to church, or I read my Bible, or I did all these things, and God, that ought to be enough for you, then we're substituting tradition for transformation that God does in our life. All those things are okay in their own way, just like tradition's okay in its own way, as long as it doesn't get in the way of transformation. But that day, <laughs> I realized, wait a second, how far have we gone my eyes were open. I was not a part of that. I don't do much Christmas shopping. Mine can be done in a half a day. You hear me when I got to do it. I will tell you something else about Christmas. This is the Scrooge part of me. It's amazing that we spend money that we really don't have on people that we really don't like. <laughs> it's just amazing. It's another one of those parts about Christmas. And it's like we got we to gotta do this thing. Even I grew up in a large family, and it was like it had to be equality. I remember my mama going and getting one more thing so that we had the same number that everybody else had. There's something wrong in all of that. I do like the gift part of it because somebody else pays. That's what Jesus did for you and me. I love the whole concept of giving gifts because somebody else paid for the gift that you have. But understand where we're talking about with this thing. Transformation ends up affecting us. It really does. But lastly, listen to this. It leads to affection and affiliation. I don't know who Agnes uh, Farah is. I, 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 don't, I, I read about her. One of the things that happens when I begin to research and look for things in a sermon, I'll come across somebody's name, and then before long, I'll forget why I'm sitting there. I read a lot about her. It's really a pretty neat story of a lot of her writings and things that she said. But this is what she said about Christmas. She said, what is Christmas? It is the tenderness for the past. You know, I can remember my first bicycle. Uh, I tell people today, to me, Christmas is not what it used to be in my lifetime. I've told my kids this. I sound like the old fogey. I sound like the Scrooge who stole Christmas and all that. Because I tell people, Pretty much in our, in our family, Christmas comes every day. If you equate it to the way it was when I was a boy and I never thought I would be that person as an adult, but I'm that person now, you should have seen it in my day. You know, I had to walk to school and it was uphill both ways and we didn't have shoes half the time. But anyway, you understand what I'm talking about. It's always, we, we rehearse this stuff. But the tradition of Christmas, there's a tenderness to the past of Christmas. I remember when I found out that my parents didn't have money for us to have Christmas, so they borrowed money for Christmas gifts. I heard that a time or two. And so there's a, there's a tenderness that goes with it. There's people that I miss that are no longer in this earth. They're, they're on, on this earth. They're on the other side waiting on me, those who knew Christ. And I can't wait to see them again. But there's a tenderness of the past. But there's also a courage for the present. 
I've come to remind you today that Christmas, and the, yes, the tradition of it, but the transformational part of it is you, should, you and I should take courage today that God didn't bring us this far to let us down or let us go. And Christmas reminds us of that, that God went to great lengths to redeem us. And the tradition of Christmas is great, but we can never leave the transformation of it behind. We can't. And then the last thing I love it is the hope for the future. So what in the world is the hope for the future? Listen, Jesus went, he did what he did so that you and I have hope. And hope is birth. It sure is and remind us in the tradition of Christmas. Uh, here's, here's one for you. I, I wrote it down this way, and I've said it many ways, but I want you to see it. Christmas traditions should lead us to transformation. There's some people that I could talk about and some dear people that I love that don't let the holiday go without having a time for people to remember what it's all about. And those kind of folks bless my heart. Um, one of the things, I, we're working on the order now for this coming Saturday night. We have the, we have the uh, Christmas Eve service, candles, carols, and communion. You've not been a part of that. You want to come, that's 8 o'clock. We'll be out of here before 9, that kind of thing. It was set up in the tradition that you can go right from there and go to bed with young children and all that kind of stuff, do what you need to do for that festive time, traditional time. But it's also a time for us to make sure that we got our ducks in the right order. <laughs> so I want to invite you to that. Bring your friends. There's a lot of people who come to that. But, but we have that Saturday night. And one of the things I'm contemplating, we hadn't done it in a while, but I think I'm going to read the Christmas, the Christmas story. Sometimes we get in, and I read a lot of scripture during communion, you know that, but, uh, and, and we'll have a lot of scripture that night, but just the Christmas story to remind us the length that God went to. He took on flesh. He didn't have to. Uh, he, he was slain before the foundation of the world, the, the traditions that we observe. But understanding this, there should be an affection that we have in that. The Christmas tradition should lead to transformation. And so that affection then turns to affiliation. It's just like salvation. You remember when they were talking about believing in Christ. Do you believe? And they said, yeah, we believe. And he said, well, believing is not enough. Even the devils and demons believe. So, so it's like this. Someone would say, I got tradition. Isn't that enough? Preacher, I'm here today. <laughs> That's good. But boy, I hope being here today, I hope the Spirit of God's already knocked on your door and said, listen, he's preaching truth to you today. This thing of, hey, look at me, I'm in church. That's tradition transformation is what Jesus does in our life. Amen? And let me show you what I'm talking about. Tradition, for the most part, is on the outside. You know that? I see the way you look today. Most of you cleaned up rather well. All right? Tradition. We came to church. We parked the car. We're in church. The tradition, we worshiped. Now we're listening to you scream and holler. The tradition of it. We've got church down today. Hmm. But what about the transformation? When I asked the question earlier, why are we here? While we're here, I'm here to further my transformation in Christ. And if you don't know him, today's the day of salvation. Because God didn't set up these traditions for us just to observe the traditions. He set up the traditions for us to have and to be transformed by him. See, it leads to that. So you have affection that leads to affiliation. We believe, but we also confess. Therefore, we're affected. We're changed. And therefore, we affiliate. See, there's always been somebody say, well, you're going to have to get somebody. This is what I always love in church work. Man, get somebody else to do it. Why? If you've been affected, then there's an affiliation that goes with it. We're part of the body of Christ. We're part of the family of God. This is why I want to end today. I want you to be careful. Can I give you a couple of things to be careful about? It took a lot longer than I thought in the first service. I'll try to cut her down today, okay? Give you a couple of things to be careful about. First one is this. Be careful that you don't substitute tradition for transformation. I've already said it, but I want you to be careful. Be careful, church, that we don't substitute coming to church for knowing the Christ of the church. Hmm. It's there. See, 
that's where confusion comes. Wait a second. You know, it's like telling somebody you eat at a certain restaurant. Yeah, I go to that restaurant. And we think, okay, that makes us part of it. That's not the same in church. Mm -mm. See, the difference between tradition and transformation is that experience that we have with God. I wrote it down this way. Going through the motions can end up being commotion because there's no peace in it. I think a lot of people struggle in their Christian life. They wonder why they don't have more peace than they should have. Maybe, just maybe, they're substituting going through the motions and the tradition instead of the transformation that they have. It's, it's actually about relationship. Mm. And, and I'll show you a very tough passage, but Jesus said it. He was closing out the Sermon on the Mount in, in Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. No, listen to this, just the wording. Just Jesus saying this blows us away, but it's great perspective for tradition and transformation. He said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter in the kingdom of heaven. Doesn't that sound like church folks? Doesn't that sound like somebody who lived it? Doesn't that sound like somebody who was moral? Might even read their Bible and pray. But only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Now, I don't know if you're up on your Bible words, but, and there's some other meanings of this, but let me just simplify it. Do you, know who the, the, do you know who's prophesying today? I am. You have a prophecy. You have a word, so you stood up, and they prophesied it. So they preached. They proclaimed. They stood on the platform, and they preached it. And so for us and our understanding, he's saying, not everybody who stands on even this platform. Brother Jay, you mean there's pastors? <laughs> you mean there's pastors that can miss eternity? You better believe it. Because if all they've done is educate themselves in the tradition and not have a transformation, a personal relationship with Christ, they're still lost today. They might be some of the best preachers you've ever heard. Because it's not about tradition. Only tradition that leads to transformation. Are you following that? I hope that doesn't cause you too much anxiety today. It continues. Drive out demons in your name. Can you imagine? Many We did many miracles in your name. The key thing of all three of those is in your name. When Jesus' name is mentioned, everybody takes note. Everybody, Brother Jay? Yep. At that name, every knee's going to bow and every tongue's going to confess. It's the name of Jesus is where the power is. Okay? So you can get caught up in the tradition of doing all these things which look like the Lord, but yet they're just traditional because we don't have transformation. It's good stuff. So, back to my point. Be careful. Don't substitute tradition for transformation. Secondly, don't have a form of versus transform. What in the world are you talking about? 2 Timothy chapter number 3, verse number 5. Powerful verse. And it talks about signs of the end. If you go study out chapter 3 of 2 Timothy, it's signs of the end. One of the signs of the end is that in that day they'll have a form of godliness, but very little power. So they'll have a form of godliness, but not much transformation. Not transformed. In other words, don't, we're not going to walk close to the Lord. We're going to have a look like it which is very much tradition, but not much transformation. Hmm. Listen to me. We must have transformation. When we stand in front of the Lord God, you know, back some weeks ago, I preached on two natures. You remember? We're all born with one. We're all in Adam. We're all sinners. We're all, sin was passed down to us. You remember that? We all have a sinful nature. Do you know who's going to heaven today? People with two natures. 
The second nature happens when I'm born again. God gives me a spiritual nature. I prayed it this morning when I woke up really early, waking really early. I prayed, Lord, today I want my spiritual nature to win over my sinful nature. That's it. We're going to leave this world with two natures. One of them is going to be left behind, but we're going to have two up until the day we leave this world. But the problem is, is people that leave this world with only one nature. They might have been one of the most traditional people you ever know. They might have had the nativity in their yard. They might have come to everything the church had, went through all the motions of tradition, but they were never transformed by a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And listen, there's time to time I have this conversation with folks. But I say this. I don't know if there's a sadder scenario. (laughs) I don't know if there's a sadder scenario than this. Somebody who lived it but didn't have him. You with me? I mean, somebody that looked apart. Now, I don't know if this will happen. I don't know if we'll have that intellect. I don't know. But I I had this conversation with somebody this week about life and death. I do believe when I get to heaven, there's going to be people there that we didn't give them a chance to be there. They were rough and tough, and they were this and that. And the world would look at them, even the church, and go, now there's a sinner that I don't even know if God can save them. But he did, because everybody's redeemable. That was out of the sermon a couple of weeks ago. Everyone is. Huh? Didn't give them a chance. But I do believe there's a category of people, and I don't want to scare you here at this Christmas time, but I want to preach truth to you. There's a category of people, and I think it's vast. I've already showed you in Matthew 7. There's a vast of people that think they're going because they're traditional. Tradition's not going to get us there, folks. Tradition's good. You want me to tell you what's going to get there? When we've been transformed by Jesus Christ. He that has the Son has life. That's the reason there's not a verse that says he that goes to church has life. Or he that ties has life. Or he that prays has life. Or he that reads the word has life. All those are good. But that is not transformational stuff. Transformation is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And let me tell you something. This Christmas season, because I'm almost done. If that alarms you, I'd love to earn my paycheck today today and this week by talking to you. If it alarms you, that you wonder if you're putting more stock in tradition than you are transformation, then there's work to be done. Hmm? If you can't take me to the place in your mind and articulate that when you trusted him as your Savior and he transformed you, this has come to mind both services, and I didn't share it in the first one. I'll share this, and I'll close with it. Several years ago, there was a person that came to the altar, and I prayed with them three times before they told me that got it. I don't know what was keeping them the first two times. Scripture says, if you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, be born again. And we prayed, and I said, did that do it? I've never had a time there wasn't a witness of the Spirit that the person had. By faith believing that they had done what God told them to do, and they prayed over that and asked God to forgive them, asked God to come in their life, and God changes them. It's one of the most amazing things I get to ever see on on the other side of the altar. Prayed three times. (laughs) So I know, undoubtedly, that we can be steeped in tradition to a point that even to, as a mistake, we can substitute tradition for transformation. Our responsibility, and I say as a minister of the gospel, is to make sure that we got it straightened out. I don't want somebody thinking they're going to heaven because you attend church. Church is good. It's a good tradition, but it's not salvation. Amen? Hmm? Baptism's good. Do you know what baptism is? Baptism is a tradition. But all baptism is, is a tradition that's showing the transformation that's happened on the inside of your life. This is where people get rocked 
wait a second, I went to church. I was a church member. I shook the preacher's hand. I even came down to the altar. But did you ask Jesus to come into your life? You're a new creature. See, and people get mixed up. And all I'm telling you this, if the Spirit of God has arrested you and you feel alarm in your being, come see me. Come see me. I'll lead you down the same path that I was led down. Is that the greatest news is I'm not going to heaven today because of tradition. I'm going to heaven today because I've been transformed. We invite you to visit lakeshorecmc.org to find out more online. That's lakeshorecmc.org.